first off, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come chat with me today. Uh, My pleasure. If you're just listening to this, I'm here with one of our members, Scott, and uh, things just worked out very well. In March, we usually do this um, uh, this little challenge called our Walk a Lot Challenge, and we started this back in 2020 in the COVID days, where you know people were inside and kind of reluctant to go outside and get that fresh air, that sunlight. So the whole idea of this walk law challenge was it was like a four week thing where we just challenged people to go outside every single day for at least a 30 minute walk. Do you like walking? Not that much, <laughs> but I'll say this. The challenge actually kind of made me appreciate how important walking is and like just like to clear your mind, especially outside, not just like inside on a treadmill. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we sleep on the fact that walking can be a great source of fitness. When we think of fitness, we think like, oh, you got to do a hit class. Or like, I mean, I see you pounds. out there running every day, like yeah. <laughs> hundreds of kilometers. And, <laughs> but, you know, it seems walking seems wimpy. I know. Exactly. And it's not. It's so important. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the whole purpose of it was really just to get people outside, show them that walking is a form of fitness. Um, and then over the years, we've kind of refined some things. We've added more of like a challenge component where um, last year, the person who walked the most kilometers won a pair of Lululemon shoes. This year, we're obviously changing it up a little bit because Emily, who was a winner last year, and Marina, uh, it was like nuts. Like they were walking like 100 kilometers per week. For the shoes. For the shoes. And it was them. And then everyone else was like so, so far behind. But I hear so. they have really good shoes. They have great shoes. And now they have men's shoes. So Lululemon, hmm. give us those men's shoes. Uh, but yeah, so this year for the Walk A Lot Challenge, I'm just pulling up the dates because it's a little bit different. Um, we are starting from March 11th to April 7th. And this is a completely free challenge. It's open to everybody. So it's not like just for movement members. Um, we've had people all over the world. And I say all over the world because last year there were some people in Mexico, some people in Sweden that participated as well. So there's a worldwide free challenge for everybody. Um, but we're adding in uh, a donation component for Melanoma Canada. And this is where why I have Scott here. Um, Scott was actually diagnosed with melanoma a few years back, and we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about his journey, but we just thought that it would be such a good pairing to have walk a lot, walking outside, getting that sunlight, but also raising awareness for melanoma, which I know I don't know much about. Um, so I'm going to use kind of this time with Scott to learn more, but also just use the, the, the walk a lot challenge to learn more about melanoma canna, how we can support and things like that. So this is where I'm going to kind of ask you some questions, Scott, and if you're open to sort of share your journey a little bit with like, you know, how that whole diagnosis kind of came about. Absolutely. So I guess the first question is, when did, uh, when did you find out that you had melanoma? Well, I guess I'd say I'd been kind of on a two year journey. So about two years ago, um, was doing a lot of running on a treadmill and, you know, I had this suspicious mole probably, well, regrettably for probably a lot longer than I want to admit at this point. But I think running on the treadmill uh, started to, you know, get me going and I was doing really well on it. But the area sort of under my arm where this mole was started to get pretty irritated. So I thought, you know, this is getting in the way of me setting land speed records on the treadmill. So <laughs> better, better kind of get this looked after. And I remember it was like a, a cold February morning, ran into, a, you know, a walk-in clinic, uh, didn't even have a family doctor at the time. Um, and fam this walk-in doctor just looked at me and looked at the mole and said, yeah, there's, 
something seriously wrong with that. And that mm. really started uh, the journey that I've been on over the past two years. Was it, because um, obviously maybe it wasn't necessarily irritated before that time, like you always kind of knew it was there. Did did you ever feel it or were you were just like, oh, this is just, this is just something on my skin? You know, part of it is I, I think there was something that I thought should be looked after, but it was kind of like, you know, um, I've heard about like skin cancer and looking at, at moles and things like that, but that's an old person. That's an old person thing. That's an yeah. old person disease. And I don't like to think of myself as an old person, but so I just, for whatever reason, just decided to kind of, um, put it aside and until I had to deal with it. And unfortunately until it was too late. Yeah. So you, you know, you, it was irritated. You went to the walk-in clinic clinic. They obviously needed to look at some things. What were sort of the next steps from there? Uh, so, uh, and how fast was that journey? I guess like was it immediate? Was it yeah months I mean, years? At the, at the beginning, it was a it was a bit of a drawn up process. So, um, look, there was a, a biopsy taken, um, and uh, there was further sort of tests on what what the biopsy showed, and I remember um, yeah being told uh, we think this is uh, you know uh, an advanced form of of melanoma, and in order to get to the root cause and, and really to figure this out, we're going to have to do more of a, a biopsy. So actually went into uh, the hospital to undergo a biopsy. That was about um, a month in, in duration. And probably within six weeks of that, um, had my first surgery. So April of uh, 2022. And that was to remove um, quite a large piece. We think, <clears throat> when you think about melanoma, a lot of people are kind of surprised. They, they don't really understand how serious it was. I certainly didn't. And we think of it just as being on the skin. It's actually a lot, um, when it grows, it, it's actually growing under the skin. And so they removed mm -hmm. a, a very large size tumor that was April of 2022. And, um, <clears throat> you know, thank goodness, thank goodness we're in 2023 because actually what I was told, and this is scary, was just three years ago, there was really no really great options for melanoma. Wow. We, you know, we all donate all this money to the Cancer Society and all these great, great things, but I don't know that they get the word out as much as they could, that there's been some real advancements made. And so fortunate um, that I was in that position to have the surgery and then to undergo um, uh, about three or four months of immunotherapy, which is the, the one treatment that sort of evolved in the last, th last three years. What does that treatment look like? So probably everyone's used to chemo, hearing yeah. chemotherapy. Uh, chemotherapy goes in and it kills cells. Uh, immunotherapy is just the reverse. It actually activates your cells and your body to actually uh, try to fight itself and to try to fight fight the cancer. So um, it's a it's it's a it's an ingenious new sort of uh, twist on chemo, uh, and but it has some very serious side effects because it's it's waking up all your organs. So I had crazy things, <laughs> crazy things happening to all parts of my body, but it it really did. Um, do the trick at least for the first six months in terms of actually shrinking the size of the cancer that had remained in me post the surgery and look super grateful uh more than a decade ago i actually had a cousin uh of mine in australia who passed away from melanoma oh and there was no there was no great treatments then and so again uh no one wants to get something like this but sure. uh, apparently uh the t my timing couldn't have been more perfect <laughs> yeah you know and and so um trying to, uh, yeah, trying to get through the immunotherapy. I got, I did that and I returned to work and it was really, um, having a great six months. And in that time I actually joined, uh, movement strength. So I, you know, again, I, I 
this was a big surprise to me day before my birthday, December, Yeah, going in for just a regular check just to make sure everything was sort of good and, and okay to only learn that, you know what, uh, cancer was back, was growing aggressively and there needed to be an intervention. So, um, I've been off work now for just a month and today, four weeks ago today, uh, I underwent my second, uh, major surgery. So, and was that surgery different, like quite a bit different than the surgery you had back in 2022? It was a little bit. So in this one, uh, because of the location, uh, which sort of in the sort of underarm, right breast area, uh, they actually went in and removed a um, substantial amount of my lymph nodes. So I guess, again, I'm not the expert, but uh, everyone has between like 20 and 50 lymph nodes sort of in that region, I've learned. And they took out um, about 32. And um, that's hopefully going to you know prevent if you know the cancer does come back. Uh, spread because your lymph nodes are kind of like the highway yeah. in your body that kind of move things around. And so I think part of that is to kind of get at uh, doing that. I'm also learning that the operation they did four weeks ago was very similar to breast cancer. So oh. so, uh, so for women that are going through breast cancer surgery, uh, similar sort of uh, uh, procedure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so once again, I, I really don't know much about melanoma other than some of the things that you're sharing on Instagram, which I really do appreciate, like reading those little tidbits, especially cause it's like short little tidbit. Fun Hopefully facts. they haven't been too annoying. No, 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 no. I've taken screenshots <laughs> of them and there's, there's one I'm going to share in a little bit. Um, but, uh, like melanoma skin cancer, are they the same thing? Yes. Okay. So melanoma is just the proper way of saying skin cancer. That's right. And, and it's good that you bring that up. Cause I think anytime I was saying to friends and family initially, it's like, Oh, I've got melanoma. It, it sort of like went over their head, kind of like, oh, okay. Isn't that something yeah. you go to a doctor's office and they burn off your skin if you got yeah. something? And, and that is true. If, um, if I had gotten that mole looked after uh, a couple of years earlier, that would have been the case. But what happens is if you let it fester, it can get serious. And what I didn't know and what I've been trying to get the word out on is melanoma is one of the deadliest of the cancers. It's the one cancer that is very recurrent. So people that are in my boat... Um, it's not uncommon for them to undergo many surgeries uh, over the course of their life. Um, so I guess I'm two down. <laughs> Hopefully no more to yeah, go. But, yeah. uh, but I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, there are different forms of uh, or different types of melanomas I'm starting to understand. And again, a great reference for me in learning about all of this has been Melanoma Canada, the organization that's really set up to support families and, and patients that are really going through this. And so uh, there are many different types of melanoma. And I think the one that I've got just happens to be the scariest. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, not to put you on the spot, and if you don't know, that's okay. But like, w like, what are the different types of melanoma? And I don't expect you to name them all off. But like, if you have, you know, more of an extreme case, what does you know, a less extreme case look like, maybe what can people look out for, things like that. So I think the, the big thing is, and uh, I, I lived in Australia for a number of years, and what I would say is they're a lot more advanced in some ways around this because it just, it's part of their natural psyche to go get their skin checked mm. on an annual basis. Yeah. We're so far behind, in my opinion, uh, in, in Canada, North America on this. So the different types of melanoma can be determined by... Uh, you know, what the actual mole or, or area of concern looks like. But there are different types of melanomas that are, are interesting. There, you can have melanoma of the eye. I think there's a technical term for that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, 
but you know, and then there are, are, are rare ones that are maybe not as visible on the surface. So again, the big learning for me was that, yeah, it can start with a, a very simple mole, which if caught early, fantastic can be, can be, you know, uh, really looked after, um, for more advanced, uh, the melanoma can grow under the skin and, and that's, that's kind of where, mm. where I'm at. Does it always show itself on the, like on the skin first? Like, is it always going to be, it's some sort of mole is the starting point for most melanoma or is it possible where you can have melanoma and you would have no idea because there's no sort of visible moles? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So again, not the expert, uh, have to check out the Melanoma Canada website sure, on that, sure. but I think, uh, the majority, the vast majority are something that you would see something that can be, um, again, if you looked at it, uh, early on, it's something that can be, can be managed. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of sort of general advice to to people is it you just go to your doctor often yeah. look i mean i think guys are probably I, I don't know but i think guys are probably the worst in terms of getting things looked after until something happens and i think the more that you can be proactive the more that you can be you know um getting something checked out before it becomes serious the better i remember sitting in my boss's office two years ago and saying like look i got this thing going on and I'm gonna have to be off, I'm gonna have to have surgery, it's scary. And uh, it kind of woke him up because uh, a few weeks later he actually came to me and said, you know, because of your story, Scott, I I had this thing, I don't know what the thing was. I had this thing that had been bugging me for years and finally got it looked after. He figured that if I could go and kind of be brave enough to kind of figure out what's going on here that yeah. he should too. And so he got something that could have been serious. I don't know, looked after. And so part of what I've been doing the last four weeks, just being off is trying to just raise awareness. And, and if one person I thought, you know, could just get something checked out, then I, you know, then I would call my last month of recovery, a, a tremendous success for getting the word out. Yeah. I, I honestly, I think that's so, so important because I don't know, we, we live in this social media world where it's like the bigger you're following, the more impact you can have, where that's not necessarily always the case. It's like, you don't have tens of thousands of followers, but it doesn't matter if you can still feel confident enough to pass along this information. I guarantee you there's at least one person or two people that are looking at what you're sharing and being like, yo, I need to be a bit more proactive with my health. Cause I know you've definitely had that effect on me. And one of the, uh, I said, I took a screenshot. So Cleveland clinic study on men's healthcare, 2024, 65% of male respondents said they avoid going to the doctor for as long as possible. 37% of men said they had withheld information from their doctors in the past because they weren't ready to deal with the potential diagnosis that might result. The reason I took a screenshot of that is like, yo, I feel like you're calling me out right now, Scott. Sounds familiar. It, it, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure females also fall into this category, but just speaking from personal experience, I am horrible for going to the doctor. The only reason I actually go now is because my wife makes me go. <laughs> and even before, like before we had a kid, she'd be like, go to the doctor. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I work out all the time. I eat healthy. I'm good to go. But as soon as she, we had a kid, she's like, no, no, no. Now, like, it's not just for me. It's for Mateo that you got to take your care, take care of yourself. So um, I'm still probably not as good as I should be just getting a physical or, you know, if there is a little mole that I have in my body thinking like, ah, it's just a birthmark, it's fine. But I do think it's so, so important 
to just make those frequent visits to your doctor. Absolutely. Get a family doctor. That's the that's the first thing. I know it's difficult right now, but like do your best to try to get into a family doctor and establish some sort of cadence of going to see said individual. I mean, there's always things in life we just want to put off. We want to put off going to the gym. We want to put off doing taxes. We, But I, I guess I've learned the hard way, and um, I have a lot of regret. I have a lot of regret that I didn't get things looked after earlier, so now I'm in a more serious situation. Um, and I also think too, like when I look back at, you know, when I was younger, I used to compete in tennis, uh, was outside all the time, mm. you know, and I think about my younger self about being out in the sun and we're about to do this walk up, walk along challenge. And I just think I really wasn't paying attention. I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that was too concerned if I got a sunburn, oh, it turned to a tan the next day, yeah. you know, um, I'm married to Hawaiian. I lived in Australia. So I've been to a lot of the, and spent time in a lot of the sunspots around the world. And, you know, I, when I look now at the, the aisle at Shoppers Drug Mart with all like the, you know, suntan creams and things like that, I'm like, there's a whole world out there that, um, and, and advancements and even that technology around SPF that I think, um, I just, I had no clue. Yeah. And I had a lot of regret. Yeah. I, and I mean, I think it's, it's just that whole proactive approach being versus reactive and it's in everything that we do in life, but especially taking care of our bodies. We're horrible. Whereas like we wait until the last moment where something serious actually happens to finally go and seek help, whether it be obviously for something very serious, but even little things like injuries, like rather than going to a physio to be proactive and not get injured, we only go when we are injured and then we complain that we're not getting better fast enough. It's interesting. So before, when I learned that I had to unfortunately had the surgery a few weeks ago, um, I went out and I said, okay, I already have strong connection here and movement strength. So I know that in whatever, whatever comeback or, you know, recovery I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm in the right hands here. Uh, so thanks for your support. Uh, have a friend who's a physiotherapist at reactive Phys physiotherapy. So went out and said, look, I think I'm going to need you. I don't know what for, but I'm probably, and I do, I, I do need her. And, um, then I was like, you know, this is a lot of burden on family. So you know what? I probably need a psychologist too. And so looking after the mental health. So kind of did my own kind of navigation here. And, um, and, and I feel really good about that. I feel that I've got a lot of people in my corner, a lot of people that are helping me. And um, if my goal when I joined movement in the fall was like, you know, hey, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to, you know, reduce body mass. Those are still probably great goals. And I'm going to get back to those. But now uh, coming here is really about um, the comeback. Yeah. And, and, and maybe beyond too, because I, I know I'm working with you on a nutrition program and you don't go through something major like this without rethinking about the stuff that you're putting in your body as well. Definitely. 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 Uh, you almost, you just have like a pit crew around you, all, <laughs> all different people. Maybe, maybe. And all the main thing that we do is, is just yell at you when you're trying to do too much. Yeah. When you try to walk yeah. 20 kilometers. Yeah. I did get kind of stupid <laughs> the last couple of weeks. That's just okay. to, you're excited. You're excited. Yeah. Um, so you, you said something earlier that I want to touch on, which is, uh, you know, when you were younger, outside in the sun and I think you shared some stats and obviously you don't need to know specific but just around melanoma being a type of cancer that can affect more so younger people in a sense rather than some of the other cancers yeah so I, I put together some true and falsism so if, if there's time we might have a quiz yeah yeah you perfect. good with that yeah, I love it okay so the first one was really you know true or false that I actually you know, is melan melanoma, it's simply an old person disease. I'm going to say false. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy one. I don't know that I phrased these in the best way. But anyways, what uh, melanoma, um, and these aren't my stats, by the way. Again, they're from Melanoma Canada, the Canadian Cancer Society. It's actually one of the most common cancers found in young people under the age of um, 50. So I'm putting younger people as under 50. Uh, I like it. But specifically, uh, people that are, are, you know, people that are risk 15 to 30 year olds. Wow. And if you think about it, that's when we're all young and crazy and we're, we're going on reading week and we're going to all inclusive clubs and we're, you know, putting on oil because we think that the, the hallmark of a great vacation is coming back and looking refreshed and tanned. Yeah. And I, I look at that now and I go much like the regret of a smoker looking at a pack of smokes and going, gosh, yeah. what I did in my, you know, earlier days, um, wouldn't be doing now. Yeah. That, and once again, I feel like you're speaking directly to me. <laughs> Uh, you, you th- like we're we're just so, and it's it's unfortunate because it doesn't matter if you're listening to this and you are 25 or 26. Even if we say it, I, I hope even if there's just one person that listens to it, that's great. But we're just so vain when we're younger, where it's like, ah oh, man, I want I want to get that nice bronze color, or like I'm not gonna wear suntan lotion because it's just gonna affect my tan, or like I don't want to wear sun sunscreen on my face, like whatever it's gonna be. And it's just like, oh man, I just wish yeah, like, I can be, I can go back and change those things. So here's another one. So, uh, true or false at the beach, you can still get burned under an umbrella. I'm going to, once again, I'm, I'm making these too easy. I'm making these too easy. I'm, I'm leading, true. leading you. Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, seeking shade and the umbrella, super, super helpful, but we all get kind of, they can create a bit of a sense of, um, complacency because the water is reflecting, the sand is reflecting the sun. And there was a study done at the University of Texas recently, and they put SPF, they layered SPF 100, I guess, on a bunch of kids and adults and put them under umbrellas and they still got burnt. Really? So, yeah. So something to, to be watchful for. So I'm, I'm assuming potentially in your cue cards here, by the way, these are adorable <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're color coded and they're so big, which I like they're, they're big, uh, is, um, just about sun exposure and the winter. Cause I know you've kind of put a few stats out on, on your, on your Instagram. Um, but like, I think that's a common misconception as well. It's like, Oh, well, I, I'm not going to get burnt in the winter. So I don't need to worry about putting on sunscreen or anything like that. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, minus 20 in London, Ontario and cloudy out, <laughs> you can get, you can get subjected to the UV rays. And I think, you know, again, some people are really great. They, they go on vacation, they put on the sun, sun cream, but then they forget to reapply. And that's a big one mm-hmm. uh, because you got to do that several times just to, to keep up the level of protection that you've got. And so, so how often should you be reapplying? So I don't know that one. That's okay. But, but I, but I do know that there is, you know, obviously, um, I think it's 30 SPF is what's recommended. Uh, a lot of people think they need to go right for the 50, and that's great, but there's a law of diminishing returns. So an SPF 30, I understand, it delivers about 97% protection. If you go to 50, it's about 98%. So 30 is fine. Gotcha. So if you're looking for makeup or you know moisturizing cream that contains um, SPF 30, and, and my experience more recently is that it used to be that this stuff was really thick yeah. <laughs> and, and like who wants to put that on their face, but they've gotten better. Just cream cheese. Cream cheese all over. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, again, I think it's, they're making it easier yeah. for yeah. us to, to get this stuff on every day. Well, it's funny though. Just you mentioning the reapplying sunscreen. I know these things, but I've totally forgot. Like 
I'm like, oh yeah, I put SPF on at 6 a.m. I'm, I'm good for And you're the day. probably super, like with your son, you're probably super all over that, right? Absolutely. But do, but do you apply that same rule to yourself? That's, no, no. I, it's, uh, I was literally just talking about this with someone upstairs and Luke and I talk about it often. If we just treat ourselves like we treat our kids, everything would be great. We feed them so well. We, we make sure he's always, you know, covered from the sun. We make sure he goes on walks. Like we, we, if we just take care of ourselves as much as we take care of our kids, we'd be in a really good spot. I mean, I think the other myth too. So you guys are big on, you know, taking the right minerals and vitamins and all of those great things. And some people say, well, you got to get out in the sun because that's the only way you're going to get vitamin D. And I think, um, what I've also learned, which is a surprising fact was that the sun is not all bad. There are benefits to the sun. And, um, if you actually get up in the morning and you're going on a run or you're outside early for maybe a walk on this challenge, uh, the early morning sun, um, is really not too bad for you. It can help your circadian rhythm. It can help you wake up. There's, there's infrared qualities around the sun that can be helpful. It's just, you know, you get into those high peak times between like 10 AM and two where, uh, the UV index is pretty high and you gotta be, you gotta be careful. Yeah. I know. Well, I've, I've told you about Andrew Huberman, Dr. Andrew Huberman, and I, he's a, obviously a big fan of trying to get out, out, like try to get sunlight as early as possible. Um, and same thing, like avoiding going out at one twelve, those higher UV times. So another, another one more question here. So this is a trick one, I think. We'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't have good luck with it. So, um, you can get a sunburn through a car window, true or false. I mean, I want to say true. So the trick on this one is that through your front window, you can't because they're specially treated. Oh, this is what I'm told. Uh, yeah, they've got a special protection, but it tends to be the side windows on most cards that they don't because it's like, is that tempered glass or whatever, sure. you know, when people are breaking it. Yeah. Um, so the side windows don't block the UVA rays. And so you get UVA rays through the side or even if you're the kid riding in the back. Yeah. Um, uh, those UVA rays actually penetrate the skin pretty deeply and can be a problem. So you can get uh, a sunburn technically through a window in your car. Does it, I wonder if it, uh, probably not, but I wonder if it acts as like a magnifying glass. Like if it's worse, It seems like I that. I don't know. It seems think. like that when you're a little kid in the back. It, yeah, it's so hot. Yeah, it can seem like that. Interesting. Okay, so um, th these are great. Like if you want to go through more, you're more than welcome to because I think it's... I made them pretty easy. It, even if it's not the questions, if it's just the answers to them, feel free to grab them. When if, if we reach a quiet point okay. in the podcast, pull them out. Um, okay, so then in terms of what people can do. Obviously, of course, if you're noticing things on your body, don't wait till the last minute, be proactive with our health, go see your doctor, things like that, get your physicals, have some sort of cadence. Yeah, and I think one of the things, so in Canada right now, uh, getting to a dermatologist can be actually complicated. So there's a, a dermatologist shortage and it can be months before you actually get to one. So my advice in, in learning this the hard way is get to your family doctor if you have got one, go to a walk-in clinic if you don't and ask for a referral to a dermatologist. Get on the list. Get in oh. there because um, it does take a bit of time. And uh, again, really lucky here in London uh, to have the dermatologist that I do. He's got the latest technology. It's called Mole Map. And this is uh, Mole, Map? Mole Map. I think it's an Australian company. Makes sense. And uh, basically, that's a, they. he took a in about 10, 15 minutes, took a 3D sort of visual of my entire body from, you know, feet to my head. And uh, then scarily enough started going, yep, you have about 35 moles. 
And I was like, Jesus, like, what the hell? Like, you know, what, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, I was trying to get over my fear of coming yeah. to you. And uh, but essentially, that's pretty normal. Yeah. So we all of the stuff. But then he one by one went through because he was, you know, taking pictures and he was showing me and he could identify like what these different moles were. Uh, and none of them were a problem. So again, I was looking, you know, kind of doing things in reverse cause I'd already been diagnosed and gone through this, but was like, what, a, what, what else is going to happen in the future? Yeah. So had this full mole mapping done and I'll go back now just because of my concerns every six months. But if everyone was doing that once a year, um, and it's super easy, it's not, I'm, I'm just saying it's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. It's just, uh, you know, the one thing I always think about as well, being proactive with our health is no one cares about your health as much as you do. So I think it's also important that sometimes you need to take these things into your own, your own hands. So to your point, like I would have never thought to go to see a dermatologist. I would have been like, all right, I'm going to go to my family doctor. If they say I need to see a dermatologist, then I would. But chances are the only time they're going to say I need to see a dermatologist is if there's actually something to be concerned about. So it's like, I think it's with everything. We need to be proactive and take our health into our, our own hands at times. And I think too, so beyond being procrastinators about all this stuff, I think we also too, um, and part of the reason I've been trying to get the word out about melanoma is we got to get over the stigma too, some of the stuff. So a lot of people are really surprised that I'm like so out there talking about this and, and really appreciate this conversation because I think with cancer, it's scary. No one wants to talk to you. You know, I can see it in friends' eyes. Some don't want to go there. They don't want to talk about it. They want to ignore it. Um, peers, you know, my university friends, like I think it kind of wakes them up to some kind of level of reality that, yeah. you know, we're getting older and we got stuff going on. And I think, um, you know, what's really helpful is if we talk about it and, and, and if we can get, you know, people looking at, you know, again, every day at the cancer center, I see people that are really super sick and have way worse things than I do. But if we can, if you can talk about it and you can find other people to talk about it, I have, I have a good friend, um, who unfortunately is going through colon cancer right now. Um, and, but we can, we can get together, we can shoot the shit and we can talk back and forth together on this in a way that it's hard to do sometimes, even with your closest yeah. family and friends. And creating that community is so important. And it, and as you know, even from like the fitness side of things, creating that community is so important. And I, I think for people that are going through stuff, uh, you got to talk about it. And the more you talk about it, the more you go, hey, I should be letting everybody know about this because yeah. what I thought was going to be super scary, and I've had some scary things happen to me over the past couple of years, but going to the dermatologist, not so scary as an example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I do really appreciate how open you are with all of these things. And, you know, from the outside looking in, like, if I didn't have this relationship with you and I knew you had melanoma, I probably would be apprehensive to ask you. Well, yeah, no one wants to make someone talk about something that they don't. But I think sure. let's let's break down those barriers because, again, some of these fun facts that I'm sharing here, again, if I had known them um, and, and someone had warned me about them, a little bit more than just, you know, your, the way that your parents kind of sometimes can yeah. nag at you, but yes. get a hat on or whatever, um, you know, then I would have taken better care of myself. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so what are some things that people can do, um, to be proactive in terms of sunscreen, not going outside at certain times, wearing a hat? Like what are some, some, I guess, things that people can do? Well, I think all of those, I, I think everything that you've mentioned there, I, I just think that we, we need to change the culture 
of also being outside. So again, so healthy to be out there. You know, like I said, I think there's some, some great things about getting out there, walking, you do a lot of running. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, in general, if we can be getting on these things quicker, earlier on, I think that's, that's, that's super helpful. Find out if there's an issue now and, and, and get it looked after. But what about things like, okay, so sunscreen all the time, all the time, all yeah. the time. It's, it should just be a part of your daily routine of, it doesn't matter if you're female or male applying sunscreen. Yeah. So I spent time just this past week at Shoppers Drug Mart in the suntan cream aisle looking for new moisturizers that have built in SPF in it. So just, you know, don't think of it as just something you do when you go to Cancun, uh, that it's something that you put on before you go walking, before you go running. Um, and again, they've made it super easy. They've, you know, all the high-end brands, if you want to go there, you don't have to, have built in, uh, yeah. you know, products that have got SPF in them. So seek them out. Does it have to be, so I know you mentioned SPF 30, like I have a CeraVe face cream. Yeah. That CeraVe is, is actually the one that was recommended to me. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. but so it's SPF 15 face cream, not yeah. suntan lotion. Would it be like, Hey, maybe try to find one that is SPF 30. So, so first of all, 15 is better than zero. Yeah. Um, I think 30 is the one that's recommended by the, um, Canadian, uh, dermatologist association, uh, Canadian uh, cancer society. And again, I just think there's 50 out there and it, it does provide a little bit extra. Uh, one other tidbit though, um, if you can look for one that has mineral in it, apparently that's like a new advancement. Oh. Again, I'm not the yeah, yeah, yeah. skincare no, no, no. professional, yep. but I think there, there is something about, um, suntan creams that have got mineral in it. Okay. Uh, um, that can actually be even more helpful. So, uh, I'm just curious. So the, you use CeraVe. I do. So do you have like a face cream that is SPF 30 as well, or is it specific suntan lotion? No, it's, it's just a moisturizer, daily moisturizer. That is SPF 30. Yep. And daily moisturizer, meaning entire body, not just face. Uh, I don't think I'm that good. Okay. I, I don't, I can't afford that much. <laughs> I was going to say like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would be doing it to the exposed areas. I mean, obviously okay. if I was, you know, on the beaches of Hawaii, I'm going to be putting it all over my body. But I think, you know, the moisturizing cream that they've got there is for the, the exposed area. So you would do face, arms or whatever is going to be exposed to the sun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is good. I am learning a lot. Uh, now in terms of going outside earlier before 10 a.m. is going to be ideal. Are you saying like, yo, don't go outside between 12 and two, or if you are, just be a lot more diligent? I think it's about being diligent. I, th I really do. I, I don't think anyone's saying, don't be going outside, hang out, hang out only in your basement. Uh, I think it's being careful. And again, there are products and things that are out there that we can be, there's even, there's even clothing. So in our most recent trip to Hawaii, I bought a bunch of um, UV protected clothing. And that, so that's hats. Uh, but that's even like, you know, longer sleeve shirts and things mm. like that. And no one wants to be totally like that when you go on a tropical beach vacation. So again, I think as long as you're packing the sunblock and it is, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50 SPF, I think you're, you're probably great. Okay. Okay. This is good. This is good. Cause I think once again, I'm, I'm just open book here. I'm horrible for sunscreen and I will change. <laughs> I'm going to, cause like in, in the summer, I say it all the time. Like, I love the heat. Like I love running outside at 1 PM. I love the heat too. I, I lived in Australia, got used to, you know, 35 degree Celsius days. But what was amazing there was you'd go into some 
this is a few years ago now, but you'd go into some public restrooms and there they'd have like the, you know, the hand soap. And then right next to it, I was like, what is this really thick stuff? Wow. It was SPF stuff sitting next. And so I'm thinking how advanced that was. That's, now, yeah. I don't think it was CeraVe cream. Sure. That was in there. <laughs> but 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 it was probably 50 block or something Keel? like that. Is that the other really, yeah, really expensive? Yeah, it's Keel. Yeah. You'd have all these people running around and yeah. stealing from the public restrooms. But yeah. I thought at the time, wow, that's really, is that needed? Like, is that over overkill? But um, again, if we think about this, like, why don't we have that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know, uh, how many years ago was that? Mm, about 15. Okay, well, yeah, like that's crazy. 15 years ago, they were so proactive with it. Um, I'm assuming there is most likely a direct correlation between bouts of melanoma in places like Australia and Hawaii versus places like Canada. Like, is it lower risk for these types of areas or not necessarily? And if you don't know, that's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, so London, Ontario, we're not out running around like crazy people. You know, some of us are running in shorts and things like that in the winter. But I think you're outside more in these environments. I think... Uh, again, don't know the scientific yep. story, but in over Australia, there was talk when I lived there about there being like a smaller ozone layer. Oh yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah, I think, I think you're there, it, but again, as melanoma, from what I understand, it doesn't matter whether you're fair skinned, you know, European yeah. descent. Um, it, it, this can, can impact, you know, everybody's skin. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, so, you know, being of European descent, uh, I don't burn often, and I I know this isn't right, clearly, but it's like, oh, I don't burn, so why would I need sunscreen? Oh, I, yeah, I said that for years. Oh, I I am of Scottish descent, uh, I burn, but then by you know day two, it's kind of it looks pretty good. Yeah, and we just have to get over ourselves. We can't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Apparently, when sunburn happens that means that your body is your skin is going into distress yeah already your body is reacting so um that's a warning sign right there yeah and it's just about reframing i mean even like look we look at tv we look at you know fashion models and things like that and and it's synonymous with you know tans to the point where you know um spray on tanning people are doing this well i guess that's maybe a safer alternative that was going to be my next question was just about tanning booths. So apparently super bad, like way worse. I don't have the stats, but way worse than just being exposed to the sun. So, uh, again, uh, we, you know, your life in the world of fitness and, you know, you look at, you know, competitions that happen, bodybuilding or physique challenges and things like that. And you think about, um, the people that are going through that. And I know that, you know, Hey, looking at tan body and looking sure. at all of that, but I think, we really have to refrain. And um, apparently, if tanning beds were just invented today um, and they, they weren't out there, um, basically Health Canada would be shutting them down. Mm. Just, uh, you know, boy. And, and I think there's a movement still out there to kind of shut them down. Yeah, so so don't don't go to tanning beds. Don't. It's like spray tans. Is, it's a better alternative. It's a, it is. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to... Oh, um, we talk about it a lot, but just once again to say it fitness does not necessarily mean health right so when we look at these bodybuilders and we're like wow look at their muscles it's like the epitome of being fit just because they look a certain way doesn't necessarily mean they're the healthiest yeah what's going on inside yeah, exactly. could be something totally different for sure. both with nutrition with actual movement but also with you know things like the skin and so if you're really concerned like for those people that say oh but scott you got to get out in the sun get your vitamin d every day 
Well, we get vitamin D from a lot of different things. So if you talk about nutrition, what are the foods that you're getting? If, if you are, from what I understand, having you know a moderate amount of uh, nutritious food, you're going to get your vitamin D definitely um, from the from the sources. So far better to get them from those sources than from the sun. And and it is probably one of the least expensive vitamins to purchase. Um, I don't know if there's issues with that, but like in terms of vitamin D, readily available, extremely inexpensive. And I think like now I have one that's per little gel capsule, it's 2,500 IU. Whereas before it used to be like 500 IU and you need to take like 70 of them. Where it's like now you can have one, maybe two, if you want 5,000 and like you're good to go. So I think vitamin D by all means is important, especially for us Canadians. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely you don't need to get it from just always going outside. So I think one concern I did have about walk a lot and pairing up with Melanoma Canada was, is it almost counterintuitive where it's like, we're saying go outside and then Melanoma Canada, it's like, no, 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 you be careful when you go outside, or that's not the case. We're no, not saying to I, not go outside. It's being smart when you do. We, we need to all be moving. Um, you know, I'm even told, you know, as a prescription for my recovery this month, it's like the more you can move, the better. But we should be able to do that and moderate ourselves outside. And as long as we're taking precautions around, you know, the sun using SPF, we're good to go. Yeah. So the competition's on. I wish there was shoes being offered. But that's... <laughs> hey, well, we're going to do prizes. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the challenge in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that for me, obviously, one of the focuses is going to be to go outside, to get my 30-minute run or walk. We're opening it up to running this year. You're welcome, runners. Isn't there something good about walking too, though? Because... If you are somebody that is working out, I don't know about this one. Uh, it's a good way to get your exercise in, but it's also not breaking down the muscle. Would that be true? I mean, it's just a, a great way to stay active, right? I think it's a good form of active recovery, whereas a lot of times people view fitness as going to the gym, beating yourself up. If you're not sweating, you're not working out. Where when we're walking and we're staying mobile and we're, you know, moving that blood around our body, like that's helping with recovery. Everyone always like worries about the newest recovery tools, getting, you know, the little massage guns or taking this, getting the like massage boots, that kind of stuff. Sure. That might do a little something, something, but what's more beneficial is just going for walks to make sure blood is circulating throughout your body. And the other big thing is just sleep. So walking super, super important for not just recovery tool, but fitness in general. I mean, melanoma side, all cancers, a lot of disease. Like if walk, I mean, I think walking is a prescription. I mean, it, it, you know, in terms of keeping your body mass down your weight in a proper, you know, and, and getting that cardiovascular fitness. So at the end of the day, um, I don't think you should be concerned about, um, our whole sort of, um, bringing together melanoma Canada focus this yeah. month and, uh, and the walk a lot challenge. Yeah. Yeah. They go, they go hand in hand. Absolutely. And I think that was at the beginning thinking of how we can partner up. But now I'm at this place where I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Cause if we can open people's eyes of not just going for a 30 minute walk outside, but also when you do that, put on your sunscreen, be mindful of the time that you're going out. Like that to me would be a really, really big win. So I'm happy that we can kind of, you know, pair these two worlds together. It's great. Um, okay. So a bit more details on the challenge. Unless, do you have any cards that you want to specifically go through? No, I might have a couple at the end, just as the spine tingling ending. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a few more details with the challenge. Uh, by all means, it is free, open to everybody. 
there is going to be more of like a competition focus to it. If you would like, you don't need to. If that is something that's interested for you, what you need to do is just join the Movements Run Club on Strava, because that's how we'll be tracking things. And then at the end of each week, if you went for at least a 30 minute walk or run outside, um, you will then be entered in to win some sort of prize. So we'll be doing prizes at the end of each week. And then at the very end of the four weeks, if you did do this every single day, then you'll be entered in for a draw for a bigger prize. And I know too, uh, gonna work with Melanoma Canada, they have said they're gonna supply some yeah, incentive great. prizes as well. And look, this is an organization that um, I actually didn't know a lot about. So starting to fundraise and, and, and I've actually started to use their services. So a lot of great reference material. It's not a large organization, but they are helping families. So for instance, uh, me having the opportunity to speak to a health navigator at Melanoma Canada about like my diagnosis, my next steps, super helpful. Um, some of the great facts I'm bringing out today, they're not ones that I brought out myself, they are from Melanoma Canada. So I think a really great organization that maybe doesn't get as much press as some of the larger yeah. uh, you know, organizations that are out there and they all need to be helped. And this one in particular just you know, is helping families like mine. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really, really good. Um, and w once again, we partnered up with them in the sense that they've created us our own little website, which is really, really cool. Um, so we'll make sure that people are sharing that website as often as possible. And on there is where people can go and donate. Do so you think it's going to be competitive? For the donations? I do think so. But I also for so. the the walking. Oh, for the walking, 100%. 100 percent. Okay. Uh, I already know there's going to be a few that are going to go hardcore. I feel like in terms of the running, I'll probably push So everybody it. Got, has got to get to Costco to load up on the SPF. Yeah. So, <laughs> Definitely. To be able to walk at all hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that could be a thing. Maybe we offer it in our bathroom here. People can <laughs> reapply it. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's going to start on... I got to do the dates again because once again, it's always been like March 1st, but I wanted to push it back to try to get as much exposure about... Is it March 11th? March 11th to April 7th. So it's four weeks... Every week, if you go for a walk and you track it in Strava and you join the Movement Run Club, um, we will do prizes, both that we'll offer and there'll be some stuff from Melanoma Canada. And then there'll be a website that you guys can go to and donate, or you can share that website, try to get donations from your friends, uh, family. So make sure you're sharing that link as, as much as possible. And we'll, we'll talk about it pretty much every single day of the challenge as well to try to just keep it at the forefront of people's minds. Cool. Some fun things. Couple, Fun facts. couple, yeah, this is the final exam. So, um, <laughs> true or false exercise should be cautiously introduced following melanoma or any surgery. True. It's true. Oh, it is. See, it, I thought it might've been false. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I, I guess it, 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 I, sorry. I think this is another trick one to be honest because most recent study from one of the big cancer hospitals in the States, Memorial Sloan Kettering, they just did a study and they basically said, the more you can be moving, you know, after a surgery, specifically cancer surgery, uh, the better. I think it's, it's, you know, working with folks like you, but yeah. what the right, and, and your physiotherapist, like what is the right level is probably great. But look, I'm, I'm super pumped about getting back in here when I can and doing a modified program. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of walking. So I'm, I am up for this challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the reason I was like, oh, is this going to be a trick question is obviously when you go through some sort of major sur surgery, you need to listen to your body. 
Um, but there's going to be times I'm just thinking of Scott, who was probably pushing it harder than he needed to. So it's always nice to do, have people around you, your pit crew. I wasn't, I wasn't raising down. or you know uh, making any land speed records out there. No, but, but. <laughs> still, still, I remember looking on Strava. I'm like, Scott's a beast, man! Holy cow! I did stop for coffees along the way. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Never yeah. mind that. I take yeah. it back. Yeah, I mean, so the last one, um, uh, melanoma is a hundred percent curable. Knowing everything I've scared you with so far. I, like, I want to say false. Yeah, uh, it's false. Um, like many cancers, uh, it's one of the most recurrent of the cancers. So the fact that I've been through two surgeries, I've been through a round of immunotherapy. Um, I'm waiting today, literally looking at my phone here, waiting to see if I'm going to be entering radiation. That could be the next step or not for me. Uh, it, it, they could just want to monitor me uh, for the next few months, uh, but it's, it's likely that I could be back in the same place again. So um, the survival rate though, so while it's not curable, the survival rate for melanoma is really high. That's good. Again, um, if it's detected early um, and it's, you know, again, by being vigilant about what's happening on, the, on, on your skin. I thought you shared a stat. Was it like 80%, 75, 80%? Yeah, I think it's like 80, yeah, 87%, I want to yeah, say. So good. so again, it's about um, getting in, getting your moles mapped, taking a look in the mirror, fighting the fear of, 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 of you know, looking and having someone else look at your skin um, can prevent all of the stuff that I'm going through and that, um, you know, 1,300 Canadians died last year of melanoma. This is a serious, this is not just something, again, when I've told some people about, oh, I've got melanoma, I think it, the initial thing was, oh, just go to the doctor and get that burnt off. Yeah. Um, it is, it can be serious if it's, if it's not looked after. And I think um, I heard a stat where every 30 minutes in Australia, someone is getting diagnosed and someone is dying of this. Mm. So these are pretty scary, um, scary things. So yeah. let's avoid that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't feel comfortable answering the question, that's okay. But just out of curiosity, knowing that this might be something that you're living with for the rest of your life, will it affect your life in obvious ways? Like, will it limit you from doing certain things? Are there certain feelings that it always has you having? So, I know it's a naive question, but I, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, for me, not. Um, obviously, you know, there are downsides to, uh, the immunotherapy program that I was on it could be if you were on chemo, uh, radiation has downsides as well. The, um, going through a lot of physio right now, and we'll be starting back with limited exercise here at movement next week. Um, so there's some concern that, that, um, I may not regain full use of my right arm. And that's just because of the area of the surgery in my lymph nodes. But I'm also shopping for a brand new tennis racket because I'm planning, you know, for, you know the optimist in me is that I'm going to make a comeback not only at, in life, but in on the tennis court this summer. Nice. So, um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's limiting what I've learned. I've learned a lot though. I've learned about, um, you know, fighting and not only getting over myself on procrastination around this stuff, but also um, being that this was the second time having surgery and kind of going through a recovery period, I've kind of learned that you gotta, you gotta advocate for yourself. You got to find the professionals and the people like, well, there again, it's movement or your physiotherapists that are out there. Um, psychologists, like I, I'm willing to go anywhere to, to kind of get help to get through this. And it's about, you know, great work colleagues that are calling you. It's about friends that you haven't seen in decades, but they show up out of the blue to walk with you. And that's happened with me over the past month. So, um, 
yeah, I, I think I'm going to trying to uh, take some learnings from this time and, and try to turn it into a positive around the rest of my life. Obviously, it changes the way I look at the sun, about being outside. Uh, I want to be doing more fitness to be sort of keeping in that sort of good size body range in terms of body mass index and all of those great things. And also, too, nutrition does play a role into it. And I'm thinking a lot more about the stuff I'm putting in my body. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. Well, honestly, I know at the beginning you were saying, you know, if you made, if you opened one person's eyes to, you know, learning more about melanoma, you've definitely opened my eyes about it. And I'm going to change a lot of the, the things that I've been doing around the sun and in the sun and being more proactive with my health. So thank you very, very much. Thank you for being so open during this dialogue as well. You know, you mentioned sometimes people are apprehensive to talk about these sorts of things and you were very much like an open book. So I am a hundred percent positive. The majority of people listening to this are going to get something from it. So thank you very much. Well, thanks Isaac. Uh, before we end, I do have some fun little lightning questions. Okay. If you're open to it. Yep. Uh, da, 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 da. let me search it up here. Are you ready? I am ready. So ideally you're trying to answer as fast as you can. But luckily I don't have to do burpees at the same time. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Actually, yes, you do. No. no. Uh, assault bike or rowing? Rowing. Deadlift or squats? Squat. Barbell or dumbbell? Barbell. Cottage cheese or Greek yogurt? Greek yogurt. Do you like cottage cheese? I, I do. But I like Greek yogurt better. Yeah, yeah. Cottage cheese took me a long time. I feel like I say this every single episode. It took me a long time to like cottage cheese. I need one of those machines where you take the yogurt and you can make it into ice cream. Isn't that what you do? Oh, yeah. Ninja Creamy. How do you not have one I got to get one. See, it, it, this is a thing. It's every episode that I talk about it. So <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about okay. it yet. You need to get one. Okay. Uh, hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. Do you like iced coffee? I, I like any form of caffeine. See, my, my issue with, I like iced coffee as well. My problem, though, is because I'm like a cheap Portuguese, I feel like <laughs> I just, I slam it. Where, like, I want to enjoy it. Whereas a hot coffee, like, you can't slam it because it's so hot. True. So it's like you have to have little sips. True. It's one thing I always bug my wife with. If we go out for breakfast, she'll always have a hot chocolate, or sorry, a chocolate milk. And, like, I grew up, you have a chocolate milk, it, like, it's like sips, where she'll just down that just bad boy right away. It. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of her. Uh, what are you currently watching on? Netflix or Crave or whatever. Just uh, finished True Detective, the most recent um, series. That one's Jody on, Foster. Yeah, that one's on Crave, right? Yeah, it's on Crave. Someone Excellent. Was, someone was just talking to me about it. Filmed in, um, it's meant to be taking place in Alaska, filmed in Iceland, oh. uh, it, fully in the dark. Um, like, because I, I think it's filmed at a time of year when it's all 24 hours of darkness but really cool series did you watch all of the true detective series uh i think i watched most of them but this out of the ones that i've watched and i've read this online as well that it's like the best one and i've heard that every season is like a new season it's not like you have to watch season one to understand season whatever yeah the premise is is it focuses on one lead detective but yeah they're all different um think matthew mcconaughey has been on mm. one season so it's it's totally a different series so you'd recommend it totally okay uh best purchase under a hundred dollars best purchase under a hundred dollars oh i think i took uh a page out of your book and recently bought the you know what, what was that tape you put on your mouth oh uh yeah mouth tape like did you get the hostage tape I initially got the hostage tape, but it didn't work with the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then now I'm like basically like duct taping because 
you know, before, I didn't realize this until I heard, I think on one of the earlier podcasts about this, because uh, I think it was a big milk breeder. Yeah. And now, you know, I actually sleep better. Yeah. Uh, because I'm breathing through my nose. So yeah, I think it was like 30 bucks or even cheaper on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. You can get, there's uh so I have hostage tape, which is a little bit more and it does work really, really well cause it covers your whole mouth. But there's one I got on Amazon. I think it was like six bucks and okay. it's like an X, which okay. was fine. But like I found, I can probably still breathe out of like the sides of my mouth. Um, but there's one that that's like a three M tape. That you can just put over your mouth so that when I'm out of the hostage shape, I'm just going to do that. Just one. go right to the masking tape. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Duct tape. Um, but I did find, okay. So with the hostage tape, if I put any sort of cream on my face, there's no way it's sticking to it. I have to be like creamless okay. and no like lip chap. So okay. if I put lip chap on, then it's going to slip. Then it's going to slip. So you got to be dry face. Uh, but I didn't know you were doing that. That's good. Yeah. It's scary at first. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, Gosh, I'm gonna die in the middle of the night here. But yeah. yeah, didn't happen yet. No, no. Yeah. Uh, favorite place to eat in London? Sushi Ya. I don't know if I've ever Sushi Ya. Yeah, you gotta go. Where's that? Mama Son. She makes the best sushi in town. Where is it's this? On uh, Clarence. Okay. It's. Um, this is me Clarence visualizing and, a map. Clarence and Queens. Is it's it a red of, building? It's behind the red building. I know the red building you're talking about. It's just a little hole in the wall. Husband and wife shop. Um, they're Korean, actually, Korean family. But uh, it's my go-to place. Probably go a couple times a week. Really? Sushi, yeah. Sushi, I will totally yeah. check that out. Yep. Interesting. Great place. I've never heard of that. Yep. Uh-oh. Maybe you've now ruined the spot. I do like the mule. Cool. I do like the mule um, for tacos. Is That's, the mule on, in Wortley? It's on Richmond. Oh, on Richmond. Yeah. Oh, is it a little newer? It's a little newer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they do also um, some fun stuff with tequila, if you like tequila, okay. along with your tacos. Yeah. That may not be on everybody's nutrition plan, but uh, <laughs> it is on mine occasionally. So, sushi a few times a week. Hey, what will you get there? I'm very interested in this place because I so, love sushi. So all sorts of sushi for sure. And sorry, will you always eat in or will you take out? Uh, both. Okay. Both. Um, and now it sounds very London, Ontario-ish to say this, but they have a chicken teriyaki. <laughs> but they, you know, I, I joke, right? Uh, but, but so love all the sushi and it does come with some sushi, but their chicken teriyaki is actually, I don't know the way that they cook it. It's just, Interesting. It, it's, it's pretty amazing. So okay. the combination of the sushi and the yeah. chicken teriyaki, I would highly recommend. Is the sushi good though? The sushi is good. Okay, so you're yeah, not yeah, just no, going it's for very the teri- fr- okay. No, it's very fresh. But I, 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 I do recommend the chicken teriyaki. Okay. I do. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and then last question is, you know, what are your big like fitness or health goals right now? So a, a good question. Because again, I uh, was making great strides right before the surgery. I think I was not quite bench pressing my weight. I think I had a little bit more to go on that. But I w- really was loving coming here. I think I... I went to 71 sessions since I was a member here in October. So I was probably overdoing it then as well, because I think you're probably more recommending like three times a week. But my initial reasons for coming here were just to get fitter, stronger. Um, I've been a member of other gyms forever and, you know, to the point where I forget that it's debiting, you know, from my account (laughs) for the membership. But I always looked over at the, you know, the, the squat racks and all of the, you know, 
the, the big things and it was going, I don't know how to do that. So I'm going to stay around. I'm going to be just on machines and doing treadmill and that. So now coming to movement, I've learned the right form behind all of these things. And I think now I've got confidence to, to, uh, to really go after, you know, doing the right squat, doing the right, you know, presses. So I want to pick myself back up. So when I'm able to get back into weights and, few weeks. Um, I want to, want to be getting back to where I was, but I think I want to go beyond that. I think I want to go, uh, and really focus also on the nutrition side, which I know mm-hmm. you and I've started to do. And I think, um, the combination of that, no goal, probably you would probably correct somebody if they said, Oh, I'm here just to lose 30 pounds, but I definitely do want to, uh, focus on, um, you know, reduced body fat Yep, for yep. sure. And converting that into muscle. Yeah. And I think it's funny. Um, for sure. If someone comes in and their only goal is to lose 30 pounds, then it's like, Hey, there needs to be a bigger why. Cause that's not going to get you out of bed at 5am or that's not going to get you to eat the salmon that you need to eat. Um, but when it's paired up with other health goals, like you've mentioned, then absolutely. It's okay. If that's a goal. So that was a big, a big learning for me. I mean, I think coming in here, uh, you are left with a sense of community. So if I say you need a community of people to help you through kind of like a sick period of time, um, I've in a very short period of time met folks here, friends here that have been asking me how I'm doing outside. And and so for not being a member so long uh, of movement here, uh, that's been really amazing to me. So again, appreciate all the, the, you know, all the coaches help, uh, you know, in the background and all this stuff, but it, it really is a, a truly great community and I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah. You said that before in December. Uh, you made a comment on like the whole community aspect and your recovery and stuff. And like that, it it hit me hard in a way of, I know we make a difference in people's lives, but to hear it from someone in your situation, like still gets me a little bit, uh, a little bit teary. So um, yeah, no, I just love that you're a part of our community and I'm just hopeful that we can, we can. And look, if it ends up, if it ends up being that I do go down and I do get that, crazy phone call today about going into radiation. I'm ready for it. I think I'm stronger going into this surgery. I'm already doing way better than I thought. Um, and it wasn't just the drugs. Um, (laughs) and, and I think too, uh, the fact that you guys were able to modify the program for what I needed was super helpful. And so I'm just going to make the assumption that yeah, whatever comes in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll make some adjustments to that. The big thing is I'm just going to keep moving. Yeah. Yep. And I hope it goes without saying, like, whatever you need, if there's anything that we can do, like, please, please, please don't hesitate to ask. Appreciate that. Cool. Thanks for making time. I really appreciate it, Scott. Isaac, my pleasure. Great to be here. Thanks.